and we'll dismiss our uh, young folks for a second. And uh, ask you if you have not gotten one of our new, bump that down just a little bit, Caleb. A little bit hot, still a little, little bit hot, I think. We're good. Uh, we have a new Sunday school lesson on the back table. We're starting a series on uh, Peter, uh, the making of a disciple. And so we're looking for lesson number one. Uh, make sure you have that. Uh, if you don't have it, raise your hand. And uh, we can get one to you. What are we charging for these this morning, Colton? We have a price. One dollar, man. That's a deal. You better get them while they last. Or two for two dollars. Uh, three for five. Uh, so get them while you can. Uh, so we'll get the lessons passed out. Thank you, fellas. This morning, a deal at half the price. We're uh, looking at Peter. The making of a disciple. And we're going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 4. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and chapter number 4. This morning. Anybody still need a lesson? We got everybody cared for? I think we're getting everybody there. Uh, Matthew, chapter 4. Have you got your Bibles open? Uh, look with me. I'm going to read verses 18, 19, and 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway, they straightway left their nets and followed him. Notice that, verse 20. That's a powerful thought here. These men that Jesus said, follow me, it says immediately and straightway left their nets and followed him. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we are sure thankful that we get to be here today. Lord, we're excited, Lord, for what you have for us. Lord, we're glad that we come together on this day, the Lord's day, because there is an empty tomb. You are risen. You are alive forevermore. Lord, as Thomas saw you, still you're on the right hand of the Father waiting for that time. Lord, it may be today where you come again for us. Lord, until that day, until we see you face to face, Lord, I pray you'd bless us as we gather in your name as we study your book, as we grow together as believers. And Lord, I pray that you would minister to the hearts of those gathered here this morning. Lord, I pray for those traveling yet to be here. I pray for those that are ill and not able to be in church this morning. Lord, I pray you'd bless them, those that are connected with us to our live stream as well. And Lord, I pray that your will be done in their lives. Lord, would you just help us, Lord, to honor you in all that's said and done. Lord, help me this morning to teach you right your truth. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Can I tell you that as believers, we have the opportunity of a lifetime. We have an opportunity to follow Jesus Christ. Peter was given an opportunity. James and John 
Andrew, those that would follow Jesus Christ, those that would spend day after day with him in ministry, had an opportunity that you and I also have, and that opportunity is an opportunity to be a disciple, an opportunity to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, how wonderful that is. There, there is no higher call. There is no greater calling than for Jesus to call us to follow him. Now, he called Peter, but can I tell you, we're going to see this over the next several weeks and months. God wants us to follow him just as Peter did. He wants us to follow him just as John did, just as James did, just as uh, all the disciples as they followed Jesus Christ. Now, before we can talk about, and we're, this lesson is lesson number one, it's, it's a beginning, and we're starting at the beginning, at the ground level, at the foundation. And foundationally this morning, the Bible tells us in Revelation 4 verse 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created." Can I tell you foundationally this morning, we need to realize that we have been created for God's pleasure. For God's pleasure. That's why you exist. That's why I exist, that we would please God. Now, we may not always fulfill the purpose that God made us for, but we were created. The reason that I draw breath, the reason I exist on planet Earth is so that I might glorify and bring pleasure to a holy God. We are created to bring him pleasure and, as I just said a moment ago, secondly, to glorify God, to give glory to him, to reflect that glory that is belonging to him. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God of God, to the glory of God. We, we are, uh, as believers, our purpose is to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. But the greater overall purpose of your life and my life, God has a plan for us to follow him, to be followers and learners of Jesus Christ. And we're, gonna, we're embarking on a journey of talking about Peter and Peter's calling. Yes, Brother Ahmad? Uh, can you deal with that? Yeah, no worries. Colton's going to care for it, maybe. Uh, but as I said, our purpose is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when we think of salvation, we before we can trust the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to let go of that which we are trusting. Uh, we have to, a Bible word is repentance. Uh, we turn away from that which we were hanging on to, that we may turn to put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, it's vital that we do so. It's vital. Uh, the understanding of salvation is not a matter of hanging on to my belief and my religion and my culture that I believe is important, more important than God's Word, and grabbing a hold as well of truth, uh, that's not salvation. That's adding another God to your shelf of God's. 
Rather, salvation is a matter of turning away and rejecting uh, everything you have ever trusted and trusting alone the Lord Jesus Christ. By grace through faith are you saved, faith alone, not through anything else. And as we see that, can I tell you that being a disciple or a follower of Christ, a follower of Christ uh, is, if you will, uh, the same thing. Number one in your notes here this morning. Number one, we're going to talk about the calling. Brother Ahmad, can you hear me? I bet he can. It, if, it's a good? If you'll, if you'll put the chair, lift the grate, and there's a rheostat on that speaker if you want to do it that way. Colton's having trouble with it. Uh, number one in your notes here this morning. We'll talk about the calling, the calling of Peter. Now, we're talking about Peter and the making of a disciple, but I hope as we, as we go through these lessons that we're not focused on just Peter. I hope you and I would put ourselves in that place, an understanding of uh, God wanting us. So number one, the calling. Look at verse 19. And he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Christian, can I tell you something very uh, very true this morning? Can I tell you that as believers, when you got saved, when you were born again, there is not one Christian There's not one person who has ever trusted the Lord Jesus Christ who God has said, you know what, I've got a job for you. I want you to sit and do nothing. That's that's never a position. That's That's never God's purpose for any believer. God's purpose for you is not just to to sit around and twiddle your thumbs spiritually and wait for Christ to return. God wants us to be actively involved as disciples. And we see that picture here in the calling of Peter. Uh, At the moment of salvation, the moment you got saved, you were saved to serve. In just a little while during our uh, preaching service this morning, as we give our announcements, we're going to talk about an opportunity of service uh, this week as we strive together in serving. But can I tell you that God wants us, from the moment we trust him, God wants us to be involved in serving. In serving. We see the calling of Peter here. Christ is continually, he's continually calling to you and to me. He calls us to follow him. He, he calls us uh, to be followers of Christ. Uh, Peter was called to be a disciple. Uh, each of us, Christian, listen, Each of us are responsible to hear and to heed the call. To hear, by the way, with that said, so often we don't want to hear. We don't want to listen. We we can't because there's so many noises pulling our attention. Or we hear, but we don't want to heed what we hear. Peter was called, we see his calling here, uh, 
he was called to follow Christ, not called to uh, set, but called to serve. Many of us who would call ourselves Christians, many who would say, Pastor, I know that I've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm a believer. I'm a born-again person. We wanted to hear that call. We received the call of salvation. And by the way, the Holy Spirit drew you if you came to him. We see that picture in Scripture. We're not talking uh, salvation doctrines this morning, but in a very real way, we, we heed that calling to be born again. But it's almost like we want to turn the ringer off the moment we trust Christ. And God's not done speaking. God's Spirit is not done calling. Peter was called to serve. John 10, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It is expected, Christian, that we listen to and we follow the call of the shepherd. That we listen to and follow the call of our shepherd. Christ's call is always there. It's always there. He's always calling. He desires us to, as I said, to, for we're made for his pleasure, we're made to glorify him, and he calls us to himself. He calls us to him. And that call is always there. As we see the calling of of Peter as we think about that in James chapter 1. We've been looking at James in our Wednesday night Bible study in verse 22 through 25 of James 1. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. By the way, I'm going to read the rest of the passage there, but we see here the danger, the problem of hearing and not doing. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in His deed. So often, Christian, you read the word of God. You hear his word, you hear his call, and you ignore it. Kind of like your teenage child when you say, okay, time to stop the video game. Okay. Kind of like... uh, you wives, when you tell your husband, uh, it's time to do this, okay, and they stay there in their chair. <sighs> That's what my wife would say. Now, we see as believers, when God speaks to us, that calling, we need to not just hear, we need to do what he says. Letter A in your notes there, we see the person of the call. What was the call like for Peter? What was it like for Peter, Peter the fisherman? We see that in verse 18 of our text. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, 
And Andrew's brother cast in a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Everywhere you turn, there's a call for you. How many have ever walked through a mall, a shopping mall before? Those of you that can't raise your hand, I wish I was you. I'm not a, I'm not a shopper. But when I go through a mall, I, I don't go to a mall for vacation. Now, I, I have taken my wife to West Edmonton Mall, and we've enjoyed some things. But by nature, that's not my happy place. <laughs> I, if I'm going somewhere, if I'm shopping, I, I recommend you get out of my way. I, I walk really fast. I know where I'm going. I get what I'm, and I'm gone. Like, do not get in front of me because I will run you over. That, that's everything I do is kind of that way. Uh, when I go through a mall, those of you who have been in malls, you know what it's like. You have the little kiosk in the middle of the mall. You have the, the salespeople that are hired to, uh, to sell the products, like the, the nail files and the soaps and uh, all that kind of stuff. And I walk through the mall, and uh, those folks probably don't like me very much. They, they start to talk to me. I just ignore them. I, like, leave me alone. Like, I, I don't have time to deal with you. I've got to get to that store and get something, get out of here. I don't want to be here. Uh, I, uh, sir, I just go right past them. I, 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 now, they're calling out, but I tune them out. So often we don't tune out all the voices that are calling to us spiritually. We see the person of the call here in Peter. And Peter had some loud calls in his life. He had some things that were clamoring for his attention. He had those that were pulling on him. You know, there are many things that tempt us, that pull on us. Maybe it's popularity, comfort, knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we see the words, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. I have a hearing problem. I have uh, an issue hearing altogether, uh, but I have an especially an issue with background noise. If there's a lot of different people talking, a lot of different sounds, and I'm trying to focus on one sound, I really struggle. I have to lean in. I've got to be watching the person's mouth because all the other voices and all the other things, they muddy the sound for me. I can't, dis I can't get that distinct sound. I've got to really focus and center to get it. If I'm not paying attention, I don't hear a distinct sound. If I'm not focused, I will not hear it if there's background noises. I will, it'll appear I'm not listening. Why? Because I just, there's so many voices, I just can't distinguish. That's a problem for you and for I spiritually. Peter, no doubt, would have had that problem. But the call of the Lord Jesus Christ should be the loudest. It should be that which is heated. It should be that which rises above the mix of all the other background noise, 
all the other things in our life that are calling our attention. In Matthew 4.19, it says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How could Peter just leave his nets? Now, when we say, when we read the words, he left his nets, we're like, what's the big deal? How many of you have a net? A hairnet? Probably, Mark, you probably wear a hairnet to bed. Uh, you know, I, I've, got a, I've got a fishing net. Uh, Brother Darren will tell you that sometimes I'm kind of dumb and don't bring it when I need it. Uh, but I, I don't use it often. I have a fishing net. It's hanging in my garage right now. But I hardly ever use that net. If I lost it, like I did the one when I rolled my kayak a few years ago, not the end of the world. I don't use it every day. doesn't affect my life. We read that verse, they left their nets, and we go, what's the big deal? Can I tell you what they left was their livelihood? What they left was their past life. What they left was some familial connection. What they left was all they'd ever known. What they left was their entire comfort zone. It wasn't just some nets. What they left was the only thing that they really knew, and they let go of that. We see the calling of Peter in his call, that preeminent call. Peter could accept the call of Christ with confidence. Why? Because of who Jesus was. Because of who Jesus was. You know, if some person that had no authority said, follow me, you're going to go, why? Why would I follow you? When I was in Bible college, the man who was the bus director at our church told the story. He was a, from Louisiana originally, a very backwards kid from the country. He didn't have very good people skills. And he said he went to college, and when he got to college, he was there and as a young kid from the bayous of Louisiana. And he saw this girl he was interested in dating. He, wasn't, he didn't know the nuances of dating, kind of how to do it. So he said what he did, he walked over to where she, the aisle she was in, and he went. She got up, walked to the end of the aisle where he was, and he said he looked at her and said, well, well get your books. So she went and got her books, and she followed him. That was his way of saying, hey, will you set with me? Uh, he didn't really, amazingly, she did go set with him. Amazingly, she's been married to him now for probably 50 years. But can I tell you, we have a reason to follow Jesus Christ. We can trust him. He has the authority to call us. As we see the calling of the person of Peter, Peter could accept that with confidence. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And I, I love this verse. This is a powerful verse. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. Can I encourage you to mark that verse in your Bible? Can I encourage you when you get discouraged, when you begin to doubt? And by the way, we all doubt. 
We all struggle with our faith sometimes. When you begin to question God, and sometimes we do that, go to that verse. As God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. The Bible says that God's thoughts towards you are peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. 2 Corinthians 5.15, And that he died for all, and they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I'll share an illustration with you this morning as we think about the person of the call, the calling of Peter. There was a five-year-old boy named Gavin, and he finally realized that when his father came home and called him, it usually meant there was something for him to do. How many of you experienced that as a kid when you heard your dad call and you went, uh, by the way, I never did that out loud or I would have regretted it. Uh, but I did it inside my, my mind. Uh, oh, I know I'm going to have to do something now. Gavin realized that when dad called, when dad came home and he called, there was something to do. So one day, when Gavin's dad arrived home from work, and he called for Gavin, and as he was calling for Gavin, he heard a loud buzzing noise coming from the next room. And he called again, Gavin! Hey, 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 Gavin! As he called again, the noise, the buzzing noise got even louder. So the father did something that no dad ever wants to do. He got out of his chair. Amen? That's like the worst thing you can have to do as a dad. Uh, he got out of his chair to investigate. And he found his son, Gavin, laying on the floor in his room with his hands covering his ears and making a loud buzzing noise. And the dad said to Gavin, what are you doing? What are you doing? Gavin's response, I can't hear you. Now, how silly. Christian, I'm afraid sometimes that's exactly how we treat God. Just as infantile, just as selfish, just as ridiculous, as we by our actions say to God, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I hope we're not like Gavin. We see the person of the call. It was Peter called by God. Letter B. And you know it's here this morning. We see the purpose. The purpose of the call. Why, why, did, why did God call Peter? i got to share a funny story. My wife and I this year will celebrate. Miss Lois, how long have I been married? Long time. 20, long time, we'll say that. Uh, 27 years, I think, this year. 27 years of marriage. So 20, a little over 27 years ago now, I decided that I was going to propose to my wife, and I was seven hours away from where 
my family lived as well as seven hours away from my wife's family. I'd met them, I'd been with them a few times, but I realized that I needed to talk to my father-in-law-to-be and ask him about proposing marriage. So I went to the phone in the hallway of the college dorm. I went through the calling card because, you know, I didn't have a cell phone back then. Had to use a, and it was long distance, so I had to use the calling card. How many of you even remember calling cards? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, you bunch of young pups. And I went through all the numbers and dashes and figured all that out, and then I placed the number. And then right before it rang, I hung up. Colton, I did that 20 times at least. Finally, okay. I let it ring. Okay. Carrie's mom answered the phone. I never called their house. I said, hello, um, is uh, your husband there? And she says, no, can I take a message? Brother Krim, I wasn't going to leave a message. I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. And I'm like, no, I just called to say hello. <laughs> now, that was not the purpose for my call. That was not the purpose. The purpose for God's call in Peter's life what was that purpose? Verse 10 of Luke 19, the Bible says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. To the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Lord Jesus Christ, the purpose of his own life on earth was very clear. God makes it very clear. When Jesus called Peter, and by the way, as well, Christian, when God calls you, God calls us to a purpose. It wasn't just a, hey, how's it doing? Sometimes we make a phone call. Hey, how are you doing? Just thought I'd call and say hello. But sometimes we make a call because we've got a purpose. When God calls you, he has a purpose. When God called Peter, there was a purpose. That purpose was to call him to a new purpose in life. In verse 20, the Bible says, and straightway left their nets and followed him. Why did they follow Jesus? He followed Jesus to find that purpose. What was the purpose Jesus said? I'll make you fishers of men. Peter left his net for fishing for fish, and he had a new purpose in life, and that new purpose was fishing for men. That new purpose, understand, when I, when I follow Jesus Christ, when I become a disciple of Christ, I take Christ's purpose as my purpose. Jesus said, I'm come to seek and to save those which are lost. Peter, follow me. What's Peter doing? Peter's following Jesus. Jesus' purpose, seeking and saving that which is lost. What's Peter's purpose? Jesus' purpose. It's the same purpose. Peter was called, the purpose of that call in following Jesus is to take the purpose of Jesus and make that purpose my purpose. Christian, how wonderful it would be, how wonderful for you, how wonderful for your family, how wonderful for your community, how wonderful for our country, how wonderful for our, for our world, how wonderful for our, our local church here 
if we all would take Christ's purpose and make that our purpose. That was the purpose. Peter was called to a new purpose. What's it mean to be a fisher of men? Peter's job was to bring people, just as he brought, pulled that net. All day, that was Peter's work on that boat. No doubt, he, he wasn't a, uh, a scrawny little fella. No doubt, he, was, uh, he may have been small in stature, but I guarantee you he was a strong, rugged uh, man because he spent pulling those nets all day, dragging those fish and bringing those fish into the boat. His job was to be pulling people to who? Not to himself, but to Jesus Christ. By the way, it was Peter. It was Peter who the Lord would have stand up on the day of Pentecost. It was Peter who would preach when God would work the miracle in the ears of the hearers from all different languages in the land of Jerusalem that day. It was Peter who would say, not, not a trained speaker, not an orator like a Paul or an Apollos, but a rough fisherman who would stand up and say, men and brethren, this same Jesus that you crucified is the Christ. What did Peter do? Peter cast the net of the gospel. And on that day, Peter would pull in that net with the help of the Holy Spirit of God and thousands, thousands would come to Jesus Christ. Peter had a new purpose. The purpose of the call was that he would take Christ's purpose at his purpose, that he would become a fisher of men. Every, every one of us as Christians, we have that same purpose, or we should have. The Gospel of John, chapter number 15 and verse 16 says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. And that whatsoever you shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it you. Before Jesus even ascended back into heaven, he specifically left instructions for the followers that were there that day. And the message is for you and for me as well. We call it the Great Commission. We find it in the Gospels. We find it in Matthew. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, my job, no matter what my physical job may be in this world, my position and job as a Christian, my job as a child of God, my Purpose is Christ's purpose. God's called me 
He's called you to a purpose, and that purpose is reaching people and bringing people to Jesus Christ. Uh, that's our purpose. That's my purpose. Not only bringing people to Jesus, but Peter's purpose also uh, was for him to live with eternity's values in view. You know, Peter was living for himself. I believe Peter was a religious man. Peter and his brother were looking for the Messiah. I, I believe they knew the Old Testament. I, I believe they were, they were hungry. They were seeking. But even with all of that on his plate, still yet, still yet, Peter was living for himself. By the way, Peter, who had trouble with pride, just like we do, Peter, who had trouble with his temper, Remember, he cut off the ear. Peter, by the way, who had trouble with his tongue, who swore. Peter, who had trouble telling the truth, who denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, who had trouble with discouragement and depression. Remember when Jesus died, he said, I go fishing. That same Peter, he had all the wrong views and directions of life, but he was called to live with eternity in view. He was called to live with eternal values as God had for him. Peter was a commercial fisherman. He wasn't just a, a recreational fisherman. I'm a recreational fisherman. Brother Darren, if I had to live off of my fishing ability, I'd probably starve. I know Brother Darren would starve. Uh, no, he'd probably survive. I'd probably die. Uh, it was not a, a pastime. It was not a, a thing he did to relieve stress. It was his work. It was his life. That was his purpose. His purpose. That's where he found the definition of life for himself. What's something you ask someone if you meet somebody? Most often you meet people, you may ask the question, so what do you do for a living? You ever ask that question? Ever been asked that question? Sure you have. It's, it's kind of one of those icebreakers. So, so what do you do? Why, why do we ask that? Why, why is that such a, a big question? Because in our culture... That's one of the big ways we define ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm an architect. I'm a, I'm a, a garbage collector. <laughs> I, I'm a, a doctor. I'm a lawyer, uh, or the worst one yet. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. Uh, you know, we define ourselves in different things. But Christian, our definition should be the purpose of our life for Jesus Christ. Peter was called for purpose. That purpose was that he might follow Jesus Christ. He might bring men to Christ. He might live with eternity in view. And that fishing for men, that wasn't just for a while. That was for his life. The prophet Jonah. By the way, Jonah's a unique, unique man. Jonah's the only preacher I ever read about that wanted all the people that heard him to perish. The whole time he's telling God's message, he says, oh, man, I can't wait till God burns them. Oh, that's great. I want, I want God to destroy these people. 
I mean, really, that was that's what Jonah wanted. Jonah got mad when they repented. I mean, he made him a little booth to sit on the hillside to watch because uh, he wanted to watch him burn. But God worked a great work. Well, the prophet Jonah called to Nineveh. In Jonah chapter 4, God gave him, as he was there on that hillside, he made his little booth. He sent him up a little spot. When I was a, a young boy, I decided that I was going to catch a rabbit. Now, I didn't want to catch the rabbit, Brother Joe, to play with the rabbit. I wanted to catch it to eat the rabbit. And there was a brush pile back in the back corner of our property. There was always rabbits there. So I got myself a little spot back in the bush, and I was hiding. And I had a, there was an old broken refrigerator somewhere there on the farm, and I got the crisper drawer, you know, out of the old refrigerator. I set it up on the ground, propped it up. I had a stick holding that crisper drawer up. I had some lettuce or carrot, I don't remember, under it. And I had a string tied from that stick back into that little place where I was. And I would sit as an eight, nine-year-old boy. Brother Eric, I'd sit by the hour, motionless, just waiting for that rabbit to hop under the box. It's like I could pull the string and I could catch a rabbit. Guess how many rabbits I caught? None, Brother Mike. Not one. But I was hiding back there. I had my brush covering. I'm hiding in there. Jonah was sitting there. He, and, and this gourd grew up above him and blocked the sun. And he said, boy, this is nice. This comfortable spot. Nice and cool. I'm blocked from the gourd. And God let a little worm crawl up that vine go into that gourd and eat that gourd and the gourd died and fell down and all of a sudden there's the sun again. Jonah got mad at God. Jonah was upset because the gourd died because he loved that gourd. And God had to say to Jonah, why are you so upset about the gourd? Why aren't you concerned about the city of Nineveh and the people of Nineveh the way you're concerned about a stupid gourd? I wonder what gourd we love more than we love the people that God wants you to bring to him. I wonder what thing that is temporal that we have a greater affection for, like Jonah did, than we have towards the souls of men. You know, we, we're guilty, just like Jonah was, of putting ourselves ahead of God, forgetting eternity's view, forgetting the business of God. Just like Peter, you have a call on your life. So, Pastor, I'm not called to pastor. I'm not called to be a missionary. No, you may not be, but every one of you as Christians are called to follow Jesus Christ. And we're going to spend the next several weeks and months talking about in our adult Sunday school, talking about Peter and the making of a disciple. Why? Because God wants all of us to be his disciples. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for giving us the chance and the glorious privilege of following you and learning of you. And Lord, as we continue this study on Peter, his life,
his calling. Lord, may we see ourselves. Lord, may we see what you want. And may we follow you. May we find your purpose. May we find our identity in your purpose and not ours. Lord, bless us now. Help us in our service to come. Be with those traveling to be here. Lord, may you be glorified today. In your precious name we pray. Amen.